This is the Shmirat HaLashon introduction. Speaking Lashon Hora can lead to unimaginable destruction. If you do as much of a mitzvah as you can, you'll be in a much better place than before you began. Okay, so I am finally now starting a, uh, a whole new set of, uh, a whole new Sefer now. Um, on the last podcast, we finally concluded the Sefer Chavetz Chaim, and now we're continuing in the Chavetz Chaim works, in the Chavetz Chaim's works, but uh, we're continuing with Shemir Alashon, which I think was, uh, is best described by the, by the Chavetz Chaim himself in the, in the introduction that we'll talk about today. He says that, that, um, that you need both the Sefer Chavetz Chaim, which we already covered, and you also need Shmir Halashon, which we'll be covering now. Um, why? Because they cover different topics. Um, Sefer Chavetz Chaim is pretty much for the pretty much entirely a, uh, a halachic sefer talking about all of the rules and halachos that that go along with how to speak. Um, you know what 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 you can't speak, what you can speak. Um, et cetera, et cetera, and, and the, the bottom line law. However, Shmir, um, Shmir more talks about how, um, you know, the, the, the Musr behind it, basically the, the unbelievable rewards and the terrible punishments, um, and, uh, the, the, you know, the, the push in either, you know, in the, the push in the direction of not speaking Lashon Hora and why that's important. Um, but the Sefer Chafetz Chaim says that both are crucially important, the Halacha and the Musr. And I'll get to why that is. Okay, but this is really focusing more on Musr than, than Halacha. Um, okay, so uh, the Hakdama, the, the introduction of Shemir Lashon, begins with a uh, Pasuk in Mishli that says, Shomer Piv Ulashono Shomer Mitsaro Navsho, one who guards his mouth and tongue, guards his soul from trouble. Um, so we see in Mishle just the importance of you know guarding your mouth and tongue. If you can guard what you say, so too you'll be able to guard your your own soul from troubles from from tsar. Now, why does um, what 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 why does Shmir why does Shmir Alashon have this power to protect your soul? How does guarding your mouth also protect you guard your soul how, how does that work so we'll go through you know really throughout the say throughout Shemir Alashon and, and talk about exactly how that how that happens um now in Tehillim there's a pasuk that says miha ish um chaim ohev yamim liros tov so who desires life and who loves good days um nitzor lishoncha mira the person that restrains his mouth from saying bad. Um, so again, we see this concept. Of course, this is the how the Sefer Chavetz Chaim is called Chavetz Chaim because Chavetz Chaim means desires good, desires life. Um, so the person that desires life, what does he have to do? He has to guard his tongue from speaking bad. Now, the Chavetz Chaim talks about something interesting here. He says there are 248 spiritual sort of organs that you that you have that correspond to two hundred and forty eight physical organs that you have, and um, you have I guess I don't exactly know how these are calculated physically, but somehow or other the calculation is you have two hundred and forty eight physical organs, and so too there are two hundred and forty eight assays positive commandments, and if you do those positive commands, then the the Chavetz Chaim explains that basically 
that corresponds to your entire body. So you have mitzvahs that deal with the feet, mitzvahs that deal with the hands, mitzvahs um, that deal with the, you know, the head, mitzvahs that deal with all sorts of different things. Um, and if you combine all of those mitzvahs, all of those assays together, basically you'll have sort of a spiritual, a complete spiritual body. Um, and so too, the Chavetz Chaim says there are 365 spiritual tendons that correspond with 365 physical tendons. And these are um, equal to the 365 lotases, the negative commandments. So if we follow all 613 mitzvahs, basically then we all of our tendons and organs will be complete and full. However, the Chavetz Chaim warns, if we're missing a mitzvah or if we violate one of the lotases, then what happens is basically we're going to be missing an organ or an organ is going to be disabled. Um, and uh, the Chavetz Chaim quotes the famous Pasuk in the Torah that says, Chai behem, that you should live by the, that you should live really in the Torah. What does this mean that, or, or in the mitzvahs? What does this mean that you should live in the mitzvahs? Bechem, as opposed to you should live because of the mitzvahs. The Chavetz Chaim says, it says, the Pasuk says, live in the mitzvahs. Live in the mitzvahs because um, it basically the Chavetz Chaim explains every single mitzvah that you do brings sort of Hashem's power to that special organ. And then in Olam Haba, in the next world, you'll basically be a complete person, the Chavetz Chaim explains. Um, so by living in them, meaning if you follow every single mitzvah, you'll basically have life because every aspect of you is going to be completed. Um, now, the Chavetz Chaim warns, though, if you don't do those things, you're going to be disabled in some way. You're going to be handicapped in some way. Um, and uh, the Chavetz Chaim says, well, why are we, what, what handicap are we worried most about? Uh, we're worried most about speech, about uh, that if you violate the all of the Asurim and, and all of the Asses and Lotases that come with speech, which I've talked about previously on the Sefer Chavetz Chaim podcast, all those Asses and Lotases, then as a result, then we're going to be basically deficient in our speech, in our mouth, and in our ears, um, which is a tremendous, uh, you know, a tremendous disability, basically. Um, so the Chavetz Chaim explains that a person that associates with Baal Lashon Hora, with people that are, you know, used to speaking Lashon Hora, will, um, will himself join in with the others that, uh, you know, will himself join in with the people that speak Lashon Hora. And, um, you know, he, he himself will then become a Baal Lashon Hora, unfortunately. And what will happen if you become a Baal Lashon Hora? Um, your ability to speak and hear will be disabled. As I mentioned, there are, uh, you know, every single one of these mitzvahs and, and ases and lotases are related to your organs and your sinews and whatever. So, and your muscles and all that stuff. So basically, if you're not careful with what you say in your mouth, or you're not careful with it, you accept everything that you hear in your ear, then your mouth and your ears will become disabled. You won't be able to hear and talk as well. Um, and uh, the Chavetz Chaim explains that basically uh, the the hearing and or being able to, the ability to talk is really fundamentally what's, what makes us human. And without that ability to talk, then who are we basically? Um, to, to compound that point, you know, to, to emphasize that point in Bavakama, uh, the Gemara says, if you cause someone to be mute so that they can't talk or, or hear anymore, then you have to pay for their entire worth, their entire body. Normally, let's say if you cut off someone's finger, you would just have to pay for the cost of, you know, what that person's finger was worth to them and some other fees. But if you cause someone to lose their hearing, 
you not only have to pay for the cost of their hearing, but you have to pay for basically their entire life. Why? Because the uh, the Gemara explains a person that can't hear has no value whatsoever. Is is basically it's like, it's almost as if they're dead. They have no value. That's why you have to pay their entire for their entire body. Um, why is that so important? Because basically hearing is fundamental to being human. That's the point. That without being able to hear, without being able to talk, who are you really? You're you're a nobody essentially. And if you are a nobody, then um, and you're disabled and and you can't you know you can't speak or hear, then uh, then essentially the Chavetz Chaim warns that a person that speaks lashon hora and accepts lashon hora is going down the very very dangerous and slippery road of becoming someone that uh, Shem will not bless with a competent mouth and ear in the next world, and and you're going to be tremendously uh, hurt by that. The Vilna Gon explains something in Mishlei. Um, Mishlei says that one who scorns Hashem injures himself, and one who is in awe of Hashem receives reward. And of course, that's talking, the the, the Vilna Gon explains, that's talking about one who injures himself, meaning he doesn't follow the mitzvahs, and it's as if that he didn't correspond, you know, the ones that didn't course, he didn't do the mitzvahs that correspond with certain organs, and those organs, therefore, are going to be injured as a result. And on the other hand, though, you'll receive reward for the things that you do. Now, the Chavit explains that just again, the ability to speak and hear are absolutely primary. And a disabled person that can't, you know, a disability in hearing or speaking is really one of the most shameful disabilities. It's something that you kind of lose all your humanity. There's nothing more obvious, the Chavetz Chaim says, there's nothing more just apparent in someone that when you meet them, if they can't hear or talk, that if they have a, a lack of ability to speak, they're almost uh, subhuman in a way. Um, and as a result, then it's like, do, is that, you know, by speaking Lashon Hora and accepting Lashon Hora, he warns that sort of Hashem won't bless our abilities to hear and speak in the next world and will be severely disabled in this very, very important way. Um, the Chavetz Chaim says in uh, the Gemara in Aruchin 15b says um, in Asid Lavo in uh, you know in the future times everybody will be healed except for the Baal Lashon Hora, so everybody in the future times will be healed regardless sort of of your sin, except with one huge major exception the Baal Lashon Hora the people that are used to and accustomed to speaking Lashon Hora those people will forever be disabled basically will forever not have the ability to speak and hear. Uh, in the future world. Then it says uh, another point that the nefesh, the the soul, the human soul, what really makes a human a human is ultimately defined, uh, this is talked, uh, the Rashi talks about this in Sefer Bereshit, that the human soul is most defined by the ability to speak. That's what makes a human a human, is the ability to speak. So Chavetz Chaim says that if we're not careful with our speech, that our speech will not be blessed by God. And as a result, that will be something that we'll have a severe disability in, which would be a tremendous tremendous, tremendous disability, because really hearing is what makes us human. Now it says, so if hearing, if flesh and horse is so, so, so important, and, you know, and we want to make sure that our mouth and our ears are at, at tippy-top shape, how is it possible then that people are so lax with this very important mitzvah? So the Chavetz Chaim has three different possible reasons why we're so lax with this mitzvah of, of uh, restraining from Lashon Hora. First is just ignorance of what Lashon Hora is. We might, you know, classically, one of the biggest ignorance points of ignorance is Lashon Hora by definition is true. Many people are just ignorant about that, don't even know that that's true, and that's causing people to speak Lashon Hora even though they think it isn't. Second, um, the Chavetz Chaim says sort of a... Uh, 
sort of something like in the spiritual realm, that the satan is fueled by the laxity of our speaking Lush and Hora, and therefore the satan is able to prosecute against us and make sure that our prayers are not answered, and we'll basically kind of have this reoccurring cycle. Because our prayers aren't answered, we'll have this reoccurring cycle of continuing to speak Lush and Hora and continuing to fall down this dangerous path. Third, the third reason um, that we're so lax is because we have no strategy to escape Lush and Hora. We, we, once we're kind of in the moment, we don't know how to stop from listening to Lush and Hora. We don't know how to, when someone asks us, what did this person say about me? We don't know how to resist telling them honestly what they said about them, which could be a, very, a, a severe violation of Rechilos. Now, um, why is a strategy so important? In Mishle, it says, only with Tachbulot, only with strategy, can a war be fought? So you can only fight a war with strategy. So without a strategy, how are you supposed to escape the war that is the, you know, resisting speaking Lashon Hora? In Aruch in 15b, the Gemara says, what is the tikkun? What's the, what's the cure for a Baal Lashon Hora? So the Gemara says, you know, as I said, the, the Baal Lashon Hora is something that is, will never be healed. If you, a person dies as a Baal Lashon Hora, that can never be healed in the future world. So you have to heal it in this world. How are you supposed to do that? How are you supposed to, if you're a Baal Lashon Hora right now, how are you supposed to resist and stop from becoming a Baal Lashon Hora? So Aruchin says, Aruchin 15b says that if you're a Talmud Chacham, if you're someone that is uh, is wise in Torah, you should be Yasek B'Torah. You should toil in Torah. And hopefully, basically, that toil will make you, that the toiling in Torah itself will make you resist toiling in sort of other people's business that, um, you know, could lead to Lashon Hora and Rechilos. Now, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, really, why do we need both the Sefer Chavetz Chaim and Shemir Salashim? So as I said, Sefer Chavetz Chaim is Halacha. Shemir Salashim, though, on the other hand, is more Musr, is how to, how to build that strategy to prevent ourselves from speaking Lashon Hora. So the Chavetz Chaim says that Musr, though, without the law is irrelevant because, for example, he says, what about if you don't know that something is a theft? You can, you know, you can hear all the Musr you want about don't steal, don't steal, don't steal, and you're totally gung-ho about not stealing, but if you don't even know what not stealing means, then how are you supposed to prevent yourself from not stealing? He says, same too. So too, with the laws of, of uh, Lashon Hora and Rechilos. That if we don't even know that, for example, Lashon Hora is by definition true, how are we ever supposed to prevent ourselves from speaking Lashon Hora? We have to know the law first. It doesn't matter how much Musr we have about how important Lashon Hora is. We have to know the law. So that's, of course, why a plug for, you know, all of my previous podcasts on the Sefer Chavetz Chaim teaches you what the law is. Now, why do we need the Musr? Why can't we just have the law? The Musr is important because we have a battle, you know, with our with our eats or heart, the, the the evil forces of, you know, our, our, our evil inclinations telling us just speak a little Lush and Hora, you know, and, and the Chavetz Chaim actually goes through a whole bunch of different arguments that the, that the Yitz or Hara makes, that uh, the Satan makes the, the, that, that, you know, we'll, we'll hear in our heads, ah, who, big deal, let's speak some Lush and Hora, and all the different uh, ways that we try to get ourselves to, that, that, uh, the, the, the Yitzhar Hara tries to get us to speak Lashon Hora and, and what we can do to fight that. So that's why you need Musr, um, beyond just what the Halacha is. Now, um, the Yitzhar Hara will make a bunch of different arguments for us to try to speak Lashon Hora. The, the Yitzhar Hara will say, 
it's too hard, the, all these rules about, uh, about Lush and Hora. You know, they, it took me so many podcasts to get through them. It's just too hard to actually, in practice, implement Lush, you know, to avoid speaking Lush and Hora. Don't, don't even bother with it. It's, it's so hard. Don't even bother with it. You might as well just speak Lush and Hora. Too hard. Um, and the other thing, too, is that it's a mitzvah that it has such depth. The, 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 you know, we pretty much in every single one of our relationships, there's talking that's involved, there's communication that's involved. And in any element of communication, um, Lush and Hora could occur that, that, uh, anytime we communicate, Lush and Hora could occur. So therefore we communicate all the time. The, the, the Yitzhar Hara might say, look, you're talking all the time. There's no way you're going to be able to prevent yourself from speaking Lush and Hora. What's the point? Just, you might as well speak Lush and Hora from the beginning. Now, or the Chavetz Chaim will say, you know, or sorry, or the Yitzhar Hara will say to you, look, you spoke Lashon Hora yesterday. I know that you spoke Lashon Hora yesterday. You're already off to a bad start. Why not just continue on with that bad start and speak Lashon Hora again today? Now, the Chavetz Chaim rejects that argument from the Yitzhar Hara that, a ah, big deal, you spoke it yesterday. Just keep on going and speak it today. The Chavetz Chaim explains what, ha- what would happen if a very, even a very wealthy man walked by a beach and saw a bunch of diamonds washed on the shore. Uh, anybody in their right mind would run run to the diamonds and collect them, even if those diamonds were only there for an hour before the waves went and swept all the diamonds back into the sea. So you obviously, if you just had that one hour, you would go collect it. So even if the, your entire life you've been speaking Lashon Hora, the ability even just for one moment not to speak Lashon Hora is, could be a, a, like diamonds on the beach, and anyone would run to that even if it's for a fleeting moment. So just because, yeah, yesterday you didn't speak it in the day, sorry, just because yesterday you spoke Lush and Hora, the day before you spoke Lush and Hora, doesn't mean today couldn't be a new day. Now, the Vilna Gon on a Midrash explains that the Midrash says every single moment, every rega that you control your mouth, you merit a hidden radiance beyond even the comprehension of the greatest um, tzaddikim and angels that have ever existed, the, the greatest merits, the greatest radiance that you've ever seen. Why does it say, the now the Vilna Gon explains, why does it say rega? Rega means just a fleeting moment. N- not even It's not even an, a day, an hour, not even a second. It's even less than a second. It's like a, a moment in time. So just every single moment that you control your mouth, how can you merit such radiance? And the answer is that basically this is our way to fight our, our Yitzhar Hara against this, you know, trope of you've spoke Lashon Hara your whole life. Just keep on going. No, even if you just have a rega, even if you just have a moment of a reprieve from speaking Lashon Hara, you'll get these hidden radiance. And then you think about it, every single moment that you stop yourself from speaking Lashon Hora, you merit this hidden radiance that even beyond the comprehension of angels. Now in Mishle it says, Im tevakshena kekesef, that you should search after like silver. And what's it referring to here? It's referring to mitzvahs, that you should search after mitzvahs like silver. And like I said, it's just like, you know, if you saw a bunch of silver wash, wash onto the shore, you'd go run after it, you'd search after it as much as you could. So too, you search after um, mitzvahs, especially the mitzvah of Lashon Hora, sorry, especially the mitzvah of refraining from Lashon Hora. Now, um, the Chavetz Chaim also explains, you know, what about this argument that's, that it's just too complex, too hard, there's too many rules, too many relationships we have, just forget it. Don't even, don't even bother with trying to resist speaking Lashon Hora. So the Chavetz Chaim says that's also not true, because with effort, our speech can become more sensitive, that when we hear something, we'll know, oh, that's Lashon Hora, I'm not going to believe that, or 
when we talk, we'll eventually become accustomed to not speaking Lashon Hora, and it'll become a little bit more uh, practice, a little bit more of a habit not to speak Lashon Hora, and it's not as hard necessarily as the Yetzir Hara tries to claim that it is. Now, how do we internalize these laws of the, the, the all of the, all the various laws uh, regarding not speaking Lashon Hora? So, uh, we, the Chavetz Chaim says that you should review them often until you're really an expert in these laws. And what happens then if you fall short? What happens if you do end up speaking Lashon Hora? What are you supposed to do? So you're not supposed to throw the towel in entirely and just say, screw it, I'm speaking Lashon Hora now the rest of my life. No, in fact, what you're supposed to do is, um, what you're supposed to do is um, found in Barachos um, 5a, you're supposed to um, by Yargiz, arouse the Yitzar Tov to fight their Yitzar Hara. And how are you supposed to do this? What what, what does it mean that the Yitzar Tov is supposed to fight the Yitzar Hara? So how does this actually work in practice? So now the, the it's given through a, a mushal, an example. A person came to a famous rabbi and said, what about if you daven the entire, the entire Shemona Esrei without Kavana and you're at the last bracha and you're at the last bracha of, of the, of the, Shmona Esrei, what are you supposed to do at that point? All the other ones, you all the other brachas of in in um the Shmona Esrei, you you failed at you you failed flat on your face and you you didn't you didn't have any kavana. You're at the last one. What are you supposed to do? The answer is through another mushal that a girl was selling vegetables and um and all of a sudden this thief starts grabbing the vegetables and the girl freezes, doesn't know what to do, and the person a person um sees her and yells out, keep, grab them back, get, get back the vegetables, start grabbing them back from the thief. And basically the, instead of freezing, the more that you grab back from the thief, the more that you'll have. So, so too for us that what are we supposed to do to fight, to fight their Yitzhar Hara? When the Yitzhar Hara is fighting us and saying, ah, big deal, you're, it's too complicated. You're never going to do it. It's uh, you were, you, you spoke Lashon Hara yesterday, all these tactics. We have to fight back, uh, fire with fire, and start grabbing back at what the Yitzhar Hara did with our Yitzhar Tov and, and realizing all the great potential and the reward that we'll have for, you know, not for resisting uh, speaking Lashon Hara. Now, um, the Chavetz Chaim explains that this battle against the Yitzhar Hara is waged every single day. So regardless of what happened yesterday, we, the Yitzhar Hara renews itself every single day. So too, we have to renew ourselves um, to fight to fight the Yitzhar and and uh, Chavetz Chaim says that Hashem will kind of divinely help those who try to improve themselves. Now, what about the argument of the Yitzhar that, that you know the Yitzhar makes that all these laws they're just too complex, they're too hard, uh, just drop them all, no point in it. That's ridiculous. Just because um, the 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 Chavetz Chaim explains just because the richest man alive, just because you know a Jeff Bezos type. Um, you know, is so much wealthier than you doesn't mean that you say, eh, I'm not going to be the wealthiest person ever, you know, so why even go to work today? Nobody would make that argument. People go to work because they need, you know, they, they, they need the money that they can get from work. Uh, what, so, so the whole argument of, oh, I'm not going to be as wealthy as Jeff Bezos. Why even go to work? That's a ridiculous argument. Um, and so too, the Chavetz Chaim explains, just because you're not necessarily the Chavetz Chaim himself and so, so great at avoiding speaking Lashon Hora, just if you can even do it in your capacity, in your limited capacity, in your humble capacity to avoid speaking Lashon Hora, there's still tremendous gains from that. Um, now, in Kohelet, there's a passage that says, anything that timsa biyad, timsa yadcha, anything that comes into your hand, 
um, you have and you have the ability to do, you should do it. So just basically the point is, as much of a mitzvah, do as much as a mitzvah as you can. And the prime example of this is um, the three Yerei Miklat um, that Moshe set up, of course, didn't even really count. It wasn't until all six Yerei Miklat were set up did they actually, you know, come into effect. So the Moshe really only did a partial mitzvah by only doing the three Yerei Miklat outside of Israel. But the three Yerei Miklat that were inside of Israel, he never set up. But just by doing as much of a mitzvah as possible, is still considered with, you know, extreme, ex, you know, extreme, uh, viewed extremely positively. So too, that for us, when we try to avoid Lashon Hora, even if we're not the Chavitz Chaim level of avoiding Lashon Hora, just even in our limited capacity, still a partial mitzvah is so, so much greater than, um, than doing nothing at all. And uh, the Chavetz Chaim concludes the Hakdama by saying all of these rules about preventing yourself from speaking Lashon Hora, this of course only applies in situations where it's a fellow Jew. But if you have a, if you have a, um, a permissible to LS purpose of speaking Lashon Hora, of, then, you know, or of speaking, of speaking something that might sound like Lashon Hora in another context, then you certainly should say that. Um, and you can refer back to the previous podcast where I talk about exactly how that goes, that, how that comes about. Now to recap what I spoke about. So, as I said, this is the Akdama, the introduction to a new Sefer, the Shemir al-Lashon that we'll be covering now. And Shemir al-Lashon is more of a Musr Sefer as opposed to a Halacha Sefer. What I covered before in the Sefer Chavetz Chaim explains to you all the laws about speaking Lashon Hora. This Sefer, on the other hand, gives you a little bit of strength, gives you a little bit of a push. Uh, methods, strategies about how to fight the Yitzhar Hara, how to fight that evil inclination that's telling you to speak Lashon Hora. Um, the introduction to Shmer Lashon begins with a Pasuk in Mishle that says, Shomer Piv Ulashono, Shomer Mitsaros Nafsho, that one who guards his mouth and tongue also is able to guard his soul from tsar, from trouble. So how does this work exactly? How does guarding your tongue prevent, you know, trouble? Um, so throughout the podcast, or really throughout the Sefer, we'll be talking about that. Um, another Pasuk in Tehillim that says, who desires life and loves good days? The person that restrains from saying bad things. So you can see just the tremendous power, like I said, that it prevents by watching what you say, you know, guards your soul. And in addition, uh, guarding, what you, guarding what you say also, it's, uh, you know, a person that desires life and wants good days will be careful to guard what they say. Now, the Chavetz Chaim explains there are 248 spiritual organs corresponding to 248 physical organs, and basically there are also 248 ase, positive commandments. So when we do a positive commandment, we're basically kind of um, healing ourselves. Hashem is giving us a little extra boost in every single one of those assays, and you know, our, our foot, our leg, our pinky, or whatever it is that mitzvah is associated with, that organ is associated with. When we do that mitzvah, that organ strengthens. Now, there is also 365 spiritual tendons corresponding to 365 physical tendons, which there are 365 lotase, negative commands. So when we refrain from doing a lotase, we basically also, we strengthen those tendons, um, those 365 tendons. And the Chavetz Chaim explains that these, there are basically mitzvahs all over the body. And every single mitzvah that we do brings kind of a little bit of an extra strength into that organ, especially for the world to come. And if we're missing one of the mitzvahs, God forbid, then basically it's as if we're missing an organ that um, 
that the the pasuk says chai behem live in them. Why not? Why doesn't it say live because of them? Rather, it says live in them because um, the mitzvahs when you do them, you kind of live in them. You, you because you you're developing your organs, your spiritual organs and your spiritual sinews and tendons, so to speak. Um, however, if we don't do those things and we you know and and we do violate uh, certain mitzvahs, then we allow those organs and sinews to kind of become handicap in a way. And what handicap is the worst type of handicap? The Chavetz Chaim explains, undoubtedly, it's the lack of ability to speak and hear. And of course, that is directly related to the mitzvah of guarding your tongue, of Shemir Alashem, of, uh, of, of the, you know, Isser, of the, um, you know, the, uh, the, the rule against speaking Lashon Hora. Now, um, so a person that associates with with a balash and hora with someone that continuously speaks lash and hora it's almost inevitable that person himself will join the group that speaks lash and hora and even worse will might even peddle to other people to become a balash and hora and um as a result those types of people that are balash and hora bali lash and hora will um will lack the ability to hear and speak and become sort of uh, disabled the gemara in bavakama says that a person that um, causes someone else to become a mute must pay for the worth of not just the cost of their ears, but must pay for their entire body. Why their entire body? Because the Gemara explains that a person that can't hear, it's as if he has no value. So it just goes to show you, the Chavetz Chaim says, the worth, the value, the intrinsic sort of hearing and, and being able to talk makes us human more than any other sense, any other organ. So being able to talk and hear is so crucial, so important that we see that if a person makes someone else mute, it's as if they're worthless. And that's why you have to pay for their entire value. So we don't certainly want to be mute. We don't, we want to make sure that our mouths and our ears are only used for positive purposes. Um, and they're not at all disabled in the world to come. So now the Vilna Gon explains a Pasuk in Mishle that says, a person that scorns Hashem injures himself. Um, and a person that is in awe of Hashem receives reward. And, and this is kind of a similar idea that this injury is from basically a lack of doing the mitzvahs, and we're going to be kind of injured in a way by not doing the mitzvahs. Now, the ability to speak and hear are absolutely primary or crucial to basically what makes us human. And it's a very kind of a shameful thing, the Chavetz Chaim explains, to lack the ability to hear and speak. So um, there's nothing more obvious, that the Chavetz Chaim says, than a person that lacks the ability to hear and speak. Um and uh, and because of that, we want to be extra careful in making sure that the mitzvahs of hearing and speaking are kosher, because that way we won't be disabled in any way. In Aruchin 15b, the Gemara says, In Asid Lavo, in the future times, in times of Mashiach, everybody will be healed except for the Baal Lashen Hora, except for the people that uh, are continuously speaking Lashen Hora. And this is kind of a forever disgrace, and, and it's so terrible because um, the Chavetz Chaim explains the nefesh, the human soul, is ultimately defined by the ability to speak. So kind of a fundamental part of who we are as humans is the ability to speak. And if that's disabled, who are we? It's as if we're almost not even human anymore. Um, now, why then, if speaking Lashon Hora is so, so, not speaking Lashon Hora is so, so important, how are we so lax with this very important mitzvah? Why don't we care about it? Three different reasons the Chavetz Chaim gives. First reason is out of ignorance. We just sometimes don't even know the law. We sometimes don't even know that Lashon Hora, by definition, is true, for example. Second, 
Um, the satan, kind of a spiritual kind of answer, the satan's fueled by our laxity and kind of piles it on, basically makes our prayers unanswerable. Now that we speak Lush and Hora, it says, because you use your mouth in a degrading way, therefore I'm not going to listen to your prayers. And therefore it's kind of a reoccurring, repeating uh, cyclical cycle that uh, will kind of continue on and on and on by when we are lax in speaking Lush and Hora, then our prayers aren't answered, and as a result, we continue to speak Lush and Hora. The third reason the Chavetz Chaim gives is that we have no strategy. We don't even know how to avoid speaking Lush and Hora. In, in Mishle, it says, only with a Tach Bulot, only with a strategy, can a war be fought. Um, so with, we, without a strategy, we have no chance of fighting the Yitzhahara against, um, against Lush and Hora. And, and basically, Shemir Lush goes through all the strategies that we can use. Now, in Aruchin 15b, the Gemara says, what is the tikkun? What's the, what's the solve? What's the, what's the solution for Baalash and Hora? How can a Baalash and Hora repent? So um, if the person's, as I said, if the person already had died, so he can't repent. Baalash and Hora, that Baalash and Hora is just, that's just there forever. But if you're still alive, you're listening to this podcast, you're still alive, then if you're a Talmud Chacham, it says you should be osik b'Torah. You should toil in Torah. And hopefully through that toiling, you're going to be so involved in Torah, you're not going to even have the chance to speak Lashon Hora. Now, continuing on, um, why do we need both the Sefer Chavetz Chaim and Shemir Tzalashon? Sefer Chavetz Chaim is halacha. Shemir Tzalashon is more musr. Why do we need both? Because um, basically, if we only saw musr, that wouldn't help very much. It, we'd be ignorant. You know, we might not even know that Lashon Hora is by definition true. And therefore, oh, I know the Lashon Hora is very important. I'm not going to speak it, God forbid. But at the same time, if I think that Lush and Hora is only things that are false, I'm not going to even know where the guidelines are. We have to know the guidelines. Um, now, uh, however, on the other hand, just because we know the guidelines doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to prevent ourselves from speaking Lush and Hora. We need to be empowered. We need to know the punishments, the rewards, the benefits of not speaking Lush and Hora. Um, and uh, now also the Chavetz Chaim says sometimes we have to also learn when it's a mitzvah to actually speak and speak out even if it might normally seem like Lashon Hora. Sometimes you have a uh, to'ela's purpose that it's even a command that you have to speak it out. Um, now, uh, there's a bunch of arguments that uh, the, the, the Yetzir Hara will make, the evil inclination will make, to tell us, ah, big deal, speak Lashon Hara. What are some of the arguments? Some argue, One argument is, it's too hard. Just too many rules, too many relationships that we're in. There's no way that I can that I can speak Lashon, not avoid speaking Lashon Hora. There's just too many, too many rules to keep straight. So that's one argument. Or another argument, hey, you spoke Lush and Hora yesterday, you spoke the day before, you spoke Lush and Hora your entire life. What, so now all of a sudden you're going to wake up and not speak Lush and Hora? It's impossible. How, how is that? Wh- how are you going to do that? Just give in. So the Chavis Chaim says, that's ridiculous. Chavis Chaim says, uh, a wealthy, a, a, you know, a person passes a beach and notices diamonds, gold, that's on the beach. And he sees that the next wave is going to come and sweep it all away. And it's just going to be there for a second. What does a person do? He runs to the beach. He collects as many diamonds as he can before that wave comes and sweeps everything away back, you know, back into the ocean. So too for mitzvahs, that we should go and collect as many mitzvahs as we can, even if, okay, it's only there for a moment. It's only there for a, a day. Big deal. It's still better than nothing. The Vilna Gon explains a medrash. The medrash says, every rega, every moment that you control your mouth, you merit hidden radiance beyond even the comprehension of angels. And it says, the Vilna Gon mentions, he says, it's, this is talking about rega which means a moment, not even 
a day, a minute, a second. A rega is like a millisecond and nothing. And that is a hidden radiance beyond even the comprehension of angels, if we can avoid speaking, if we can control our mouth in those moments. Now in Mishli it says, Im tikshena lekesef, kekesef, that we should search after like mitzvahs. What is this talk? Well, sorry, like silver. What's this talking about? This is talking about mitzvahs, that we should search after mitzvahs as if they were silver. And as just as I said, it's like we'll do anything to find, you know, if we see some gold on a beach, we'll run out there and anything and try to collect it. Um, even if it's just for a second, so too we should try to collect all the tremendous benefits that come from avoiding Lush and Hora. Now, what about that rule about etz? Just, it's too complicated. It, you'll never really get it. So there the Chavetz Chaim says, well, we can avoid that by reviewing all the laws until we become an ex- experts in them. And we'll, we will develop kind of a sensitivity. Once we're experts, we'll develop a sensitivity to avoid speaking Lush and Hora. And there, all of a sudden, once you have that sensitivity, it's not nearly as hard to avoid speaking Lush and Hora and to avoid listening to it. Now, what happens if you fall short? Now, the 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 Yitzhar Har is going to say, look, you, you've been speaking Yilashinora your entire life. What, you're going to change now? What are we supposed to do? So no, we shouldn't throw in the towel entirely. And I brought that story. Um, well, so in Brachos 5a, it says you should yargiz, you should internalize, or you should, sorry, you should arouse your Yitzhar Tov, the positive inclination, to fight your Yitzhar Har, the negative inclination. Now, what do you, now, the the, the Chavetz Chaim heard a question. What happens if you're daven the Shemona Esrei without Kavana, without intent, without uh, the proper the proper mindset, and you're at the very tail end of the of Shemona Esrei? What are you supposed to do? So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to arouse yourself in into getting into the mood, and it's like um, it, it, it's like a mushal here. It's like this story where uh, let's say a girl was selling vegetables. All of a sudden, a thief comes and starts grabbing and stealing the vegetables. And the girl's in shock. She's frozen. And the person says, don't freeze. Keep, grab those vegetables back. So, so too for us, we can grab sort of, just because we've lost all our vegetables, just because we've been speaking Lashon Hora all our life, it's not too late. We can start grabbing them back today. Now it says, you have to fight this battle every single day because the Yitzhar Hara every single day is going to come with something new, something innovative. And we have to renew ourselves. And when we renew ourselves, Hashem will help those who try to improve themselves. Um, now, what about the idea of the Yitzhar is going to say, ah, these laws, they're too complicated, just drop them. It's uh, not worth it. The Chavaz says, that's ridiculous. That's not an argument. Just because, for example, we're not the best at something, just because we're not Jeff Bezos and the wealthiest person ever, doesn't mean we don't show up to work on Monday. No, it's that, uh, okay, fine, I'm not Jeff Bezos, but I can still make do something in the world. So too for Lashon Hora, just because you're not the, the Chavetz Chaim and his ability to avoid speaking Lashon Hora, we ourselves can still do some things, and some things are better than nothing. In Kohelet, it says, anything that's timse biyadcha, that comes into your hand, and you have the ability to do, you should do it. And so what, what does this mean? It means do as much of a mitzvah as you can. For example, Moshe, he only was able to build the three Ere Miklat that were outside of outside of Yisrael. However, he didn't actually do the full mitzvah. The full mitzvah was to complete all seven Ere Miklat. He just did three. But even just three was still tremendously praised. And um, so even if we can't do avoid all of Lashon Hora, which we certainly should try, but don't let our Yitzhar Hara say, well, since we can't get it all, it's not even worth trying any. No, it's still worth trying some. And I think we might surprise ourselves and realize once we get into a habit, it's not as hard as, as we might think. 
Now, the Chavetz Chaim explains all of this only applies to people that are your fellow Jews to try to avoid speaking Lashon Hora against people that are your fellow Jews. But if they're perpetual sinners, and I kind of talked a lot about what that actually means in the previous podcast, then this doesn't apply. Now, uh, to read my poem, this is Shmirat HaLashon introduction. Speaking Lashon Hora can lead to unimaginable destruction. If you do as much of a mitzvah as you can, you'll be in a much better place than before you began. And uh, with that, um, this has been the Hakdama, the introduction to Shmir Lashon. And uh, L'chaim, L'chaim.